Welcome to the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. You're listening to episode 18, and this is the season finale of season one. It's also the end of 2022. It is almost 2023. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve, and I thought we would do a review episode. Look back on 2022 and all the different things that I read, watched, all the media that I consumed. So I've compiled all of my statistics from different websites that I like to use, and I've compiled a, a couple lists here, uh, some statistics, and hopefully some interesting tidbits. Uh, I also watched a New Year's-ish movie. Um, I looked up a list of like New Year's movies, and the one that I picked, um, it was an okay movie. Uh, we'll get into that, but it was funnily enough, it was like New Year's adjacent, um, so, and I'll, I'll expand on that. Uh, as well. Um, so let's jump into 2022 year in review. So a little bit about myself, a little bit about the nerd. Um, I like to set goals. Um, you can call them resolutions, uh, goals, whatever you want to call them. I like to set them uh, for myself at the beginning and end of every year. So in 2022, now they're all different kind of goals. So like 2022, um, they weren't all about media and stuff like that. Um, but this year it was get my driver's license, which I have completed i will be doing my driving exam uh next week so you know we'll pat myself on the back with that starting off the new year checking off that big box um some of the other ones were uh read uh this year it was read 15 books uh the years prior i've been doing that one for three years now so the year prior was 12 books and the year before that was also 12 books uh the first year i did it i read eight books and then last year i managed to read 13 um, so this year I pushed it up to 15 books, uh, though I only read 12. I decided to include, um, I, I asked some people, I decided to include some of the graphic novels uh, that I read, the Omnibus edition. So like we're talking 900 pages of, uh, you know, a, a graphic novel. It takes a couple hours to read them. So uh, so yeah, I read all that. I also watched, uh, one of them was, uh, I wanted to watch 200 movies. Um, no particular reason on that one. Just, uh, you know, we watch a certain amount of movies. How many can you log uh, in a year? I reached 168 movies watched this year. So I use um, some different websites. If anybody's interested, uh, you can check out. This isn't a sponsor or anything. Uh, one of them is called Letterboxd. Uh, it's a great website for just tracking some, you know, if you like statistics, uh, you like, uh, you know, knowing when and, you know, where you watched a movie and you can give it a little rating and a review. This is something that I started doing a few years ago. And, uh, you know, last year I wanted to see if I could track every movie that I watched in a year. And now I've done that for about two to three years and uh you, you end up with some interesting t statistics um like uh you know you, you know your, your favorite director um just through you know how many movies of theirs you've watched um you know your favorite actors <laughs> funnily enough um you know favorite actor uh for me it says it's um uh this gentleman uh, i can't remember his first name michael michael papa john um because i've watched 10 of his films um but he's he's a good actor he, he's basically been like an extra or a secondary character in in 10 different movies that i've watched uh and it was just and now i, I know his face and he keeps popping up and i'm like oh there, 11th film that i've seen him in now and, and that's uh something something that you find uh when you when you use one of these websites like uh, letterboxd uh, the one for books i use is goodreads um that one's probably very popular from amazon uh you can you know categorize 
categorize all of your books on different little you know digital shelves and you can again write a review get it five stars um, and you can track uh, what books you're reading and what books you want to read and they have they have their own uh, book challenge that they sponsor um, you know they push they don't, they don't push they support and encourage um, people to read books and well I guess they're pushing it a little bit because Amazon does own Kindle and they probably want people to buy ebooks and use their uh, platform in that form but uh, in, I, I think it's it's a good effort to get people to read more um, so I, I put on that challenge I put 15 books and I got to 12 this year and um, so let's talk about the movies and the books that I watched and read this year um, I didn't watch the movies. I, I didn't watch the movies. I didn't. That joke. I failed that joke. I was gonna say I didn't watch the books. I read. I read the books. But that book. That book. That, that book. That joke. Wow. I'm all over the place. Okay. So uh, first movie that I watched in 2022. I watched this with my girlfriend, and I'll give a big shout out to her and so and uh, a big pat on the back because she watches some terrible movies with me uh, for the sake of you know I want to watch it, and she just sits there and is probably a little miserable. But though I think she enjoyed this one more than I did. Uh, it was Master of Disguise, uh, early 2000s. Um, it was honestly terrible <laughs> i do recall loving it as a kid though arguably one of the worst things i've watched this year which is saying a lot because i watched freaking theodore rex twice uh for podcast research of course i didn't i didn't like it but they're equal uh, almost equally terrible uh if nobody remembers master of disguise the big turtle guy i'm going to be your master of disguise i'm going to be your master of disguise uh, <laughs> um that that movie was um, a train wreck. It, some good actors, some decent actors, but uh, it's definitely a, a movie for for very young kids. And the plot and and the, the, everything. If if you can say that that's a plot, uh, it was uh, it was quite funny uh, in that regard. It, in funny in the sense that it didn't have a plot, and it's everything about it was terrible. That's the only funny part about the Master of Disguise. Um, so my, most watch so those first watched movie. I think I, I think we actually watched that like January 1st, 2022, if I'm not mistaken. Um, my most watched movie for 2022 is Little Nicky. Uh, I, I logged it four times. I must have watched it six, seven, eight times probably. At some point, I just stopped logging it. I know that I watched it at least twice when I was doing the Little Nicky episode for the podcast. Um, so definitely more than four times uh so that's uh that's my most watched movie uh movies that came out in 2022 that i most enjoyed um because i saw at one point i was going to see like every movie in theater i lived maybe five minutes from a cinema guzzo if you say it uh like they do in the commercials but uh, cinema guzzo if you're just gonna read it off uh you know g-u-z-z-o um so uh I so if and they're not in order. I don't like from when they were released. Just this is what I wrote down. This is my order of the ones that I wrote. Uh, Sonic Two. I love that. I saw that in theaters. I'm a huge Sonic fan. Ben Schwartz is doing an amazing job as the voice of the big screen Sonic. Um, I would. I, I think I've seen it twice or three times already this year. I, I'm so excited what they do next. Idris Elba was amazing as Knuckles. I, I really hope they introduce Shadow. A lot of people are saying that um, 
<clears throat> they don't, uh, you know, people don't like Shadow, so, uh, or like the execs don't like Shadow, so they're not going to uh, to use his character. But hopefully that's not true. Hopefully they will use uh, his character and all the other great characters from Sonic. I remember uh, I did uh, an episode on favorites and Sonic X, the animated series from the early 2000s on like Foxbox and Four Kids. That was a great Sonic reboot. And I grew up with my uncle's Game Gear actually to go on a little Sonic tangent here. Um, his uh, Sega Game Gear, you know, it was a bit of a hand-me-down, and uh, I played Sonic 2 on that. And I'm 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 actually you know about to pick up. I have it in my my cart on my Xbox um, for Sonic Frontiers. I just haven't bit the bullet on that one yet, but uh, I'm definitely gonna pick that up because it's the first uh, Sonic game that isn't just a like Twitch reaction game on freaking crack where you just have to like button mash the entire time, which is just not up my alley. But um, I do love the property and I do love Sonic. So Sonic Two was was a great movie, like hands down. Um, it it really did build off of Sonic One, and it you know it introduces Tails and it introduces Knuckles, and uh, I really hope Jim Carrey isn't done with acting. Um, if he is, you know, thank you for a great. You know basically my entire life from like uh you know the, the year i was born all the way up until now i've you know loved so many of his movies so if he really is done with acting well thank you for being part of like sonic and bringing bringing such authentic authenticity to uh you know dr robotic uh dr robotnik eggman because like that was that was a one man that was some perfect that was perfect casting perfect acting uh he played he played it so well so if he is done and he's not going to return for a third movie i hope they do it well they do they pay him respect and he can bow out and you know let's just uh move on from from there because i'm going on a weird tangent with sonic uh scream 5 the the reboot and return to scream 5 which thir which definitely introduced me to the word and the concept of a requel um, because there was literally a part in the movie where they explained what that is. Uh, it's a reboot slash sequel, whereas like you had prequels before, and apparently requel has been around for a while. I, the the um, one of the producers for um, the Hulk, the Edward Norton's Hulk. Uh, used the the phrase and the word requel for that MCU Hulk movie because she said it was in a way a reboot and a sequel to the Eric Bana Hulk that they had done previously to this and you can see certain aspects like it picks up in the jungle and it's supposed to you know in that sense so um, in this sense in the Scream 5 what they did was it you know you have your legacy characters your OG characters um, and then you introduce new characters and I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, you know, Dark Fate, the last Terminator movie did this. Um, there's, you know, the Halloween movies did this. The most recent Halloween trilogy um, did this. There all have been requels. And in my opinion, Scream 5 did it the best. They, uh, I mean, and Scream 5 kind of had an advantage in the whole meta, breaking the fourth wall, you know, acknowledging that they're in, like, oh, well, if this is a horror movie, we have to abide by the the, the rules of horror movies. Um, so they kind of had that step up, and they they really leaned into it uh, in the best way possible, and, and it really set them up for success. And that, I mean, we have a trailer for Scream 6 now, uh, Scream in New York, which really does look amazing. And I've always been a huge Scream fan, a big fan of uh, Ghostface, so I was very impressed 
by Scream 5. Uh, and so I'm very excited for Scream 6. I think they've very they've done a very good job handing the crown and handing the baton to the next generation. And uh, they did they just did a really good job on that requel uh, concept. And uh, so the next movie on the list is Everything Everywhere All at Once. They did uh, a phenomenal job on their multiverse concept. The everything bagel of nothingness the antithesis of the googly eyes and caring and um you know ha being being a warrior in different in a different light in a different aspect that you don't have to be aggressive and and physically fight your battles and stand by um you know ancient uh you know just rules and things that you know things change and and there's so many things that happen in life it was such a good um metaphorical movie on so many different levels um and such amazing performances from michelle yao and uh, i hope i'm pronouncing these names right but uh he uh he Ki Hu Quen and Stephanie Su. Um, they were amazing, absolutely amazing. Waymond was my favorite character. I watched the movie like four times and just my favorite character through and through. Uh, and then Jamie Lee Curtis was absolutely amazing. The prosthetics that they put on her uh, to make that IRS character uh, was just was just phenomenal. And the, the IRS awards that were clearly butt plugs on her desk, um, which definitely came back like that was um i did not expect them to use the butt plugs in such a way that was very weird um if you I, i'm not gonna i mean i mean they're butt plugs you can kind of infer what i'm what i'm getting to but i don't want to give it away because if you haven't seen the movie um i highly recommend it uh, you should definitely watch that movie uh james hong is also in the movie he was the grandfather uh gong gong and i absolutely love him he's um, an amazing actor i I loved him in R.I.P.D. as the uh, vessel that everybody sees for uh, Ryan Reynolds. That was just hilarious, and uh, I've I've always been a big fan of his work. So uh, it was just it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on every movie on this list. So uh, let's move on to the next movie. And so the next movie on my list that I have from uh, 2022 releases that I really enjoyed uh, is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, who are just like two of my favorite actors. And Nicolas Cage has really been just hitting it out of the park uh, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he had the Pig movie. And uh, if you're not familiar, Pig the, is the truffle farmer one. Um, you know, he plays the, the truffle farmer who has his pig kidnapped and uh just an amazing outstanding performance in that uh it's a drama it was it was so um so well done and then uh, i mean that's 2021 i'm just i'm just praising nicholas cage's recent performances and uh probably one of the weirdest uh from also last year but still just have to mention it if i'm uh, praising nicholas cage was willie's wonderland uh if you're not familiar with it uh again i recommend all of these movies but if you're a Nicolas Cage fan and you haven't been paying attention to some of his more under the radar movies, uh, take a quick peek at his IMDb page because it is filled with gems. And uh, so his his most recent big blockbuster that was you know very big in theaters this year earlier this year. Um, it's amazing how many movies come out in a year. Um, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which I almost always butcher when I try to say it uh, off the top of my head. <laughs> so I, it, it almost always comes 
comes out like the massive weight of unbearable talent or something like that instead of the unbearable weight of massive talent which is the correct uh you know placement of all those words um it's hard to explain what the movie is about honestly but it does remind me of um a a previous Nicolas Cage movie adaptation um and uh it's very similar and I, I can't really explain how they're similar because if I do it kind of gives away the not the plot, but the the idea of of the newest the the movie that came out this year um, in twenty twenty two, the unbearable weight of massive talent. So again, hundred percent recommend it. Nicolas Cage just gives an amazing performance. He's playing um, himself uh, really. So I can I uh, if you've seen the trailers, you know that much. Um, and uh, Pedro Pascal plays this amazing rich uh, philanthropist who wants to like uh, you know get to know Nicolas Cage. He's a big fan of him and he wants to uh, sell him like a screenplay that he's written and uh, that that is all I'll say about it because honestly I really don't want to spoil that movie um, if you if you talk too much about it you spoil kind of the concept and the idea like I was saying it's, it's a very good movie though um, a Netflix movie so we'll move on from there like I said there's a there's a few movies on this list so I don't want to make it uh, 40 minutes of just uh, listing movies here um, was a Netflix movie the next one was a Netflix movie with Ryan Reynolds um, the Adam project that was a great sci-fi movie um, that also had uh, Mark Ruffalo. He was great uh, in that movie as well. And uh, that was that was a great sci-fi movie uh, that had like time travel and great CGI, great weapons, uh, you know, uh, VFX weapons that were from the future. Um, basically lightsabers. I like that. Um, and uh, the the action sequences were really well done in that too. Um, so that was that was probably one of my favorite Netflix movies from this year. Which uh, you know, considering how many movies that Netflix makes in a year and the varying quality of those movies uh, give credit where credit is due they made a really good sci-fi movie uh, with some really good actors it's nice seeing Mark Ruffalo outside of the Hulk uh, though I really did like him in She-Hulk and everything that he did and it's amazing that um, you know I was looking back over all these movies and it feels like a lot longer ago than like you know five or six months however long ago it was when the Adam Project came out compared to when you know She-Hulk just uh, you know just came out or couple maybe a month ago or so um so much happens in one year and it touches back on what i was saying about how many movies uh you know how many tv shows all this comes out in one year and um it was uh no i I really liked the adam project it was a really good sci-fi movie uh with solid performances from all the actors and uh it was a netflix get got to netflix gets an a plus on that one let's move on uh the next movie on the list is moonfall uh from one of my favorite directors roland Emmerich he did freaking Independence Day and the day after tomorrow Um, unfortunately he also did Godzilla in 1997 but we forgive him for that and you know we've kind of chalked it up that that wasn't Godzilla but Moonfall was really good it's a disaster movie Um, it kind of light on that part Um, I've seen like in day after tomorrow that part was better I did prefer the um, destruction and like the the way that they went about it but uh, I, I won't I won't completely fault them on it they they did a really good job on what they set out to do and I like the twist I'm not gonna give it away but if you haven't seen it watch moonfall it's a good twist good cast too um, that's what carries these movies is a good cast and this movie has really good VFX uh, which again is needed and um, 
and uh, let's just keep chugging along. If you haven't seen Moonfall, I recommend it. If you haven't seen The Adam Project, I recommend it. Any movie on this list, I recommend it. So just like, just keep that in mind. Uh, I saw the Firestarter remake um, of the the Stephen King movie, uh, the Stephen King book that was a movie already and was remade this year. Uh, this one starred Zac Efron, who is now old enough to play a dad which is super weird because I grew up with him in high school musical and being the like 17 again uh, kid in those movies. And, and like I was the same age roughly as Zac Efron. Um, So like it's, I think he's a few years older than me. So it's just super weird that he has now been cast and plays the role as the dad with the small child, because it's just like reflecting like, like real life. And I'm just like, Oh crap. Like I, I'm, I'm the dad age now too. Like, like life, man, it's getting real. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird tangent. Um, Firestarter was a good movie. <laughs> that is the takeaway. Uh, so that that was uh, that was just my short list of movies that I really liked. Um, so I watched 168 movies. Um, this year, uh, my goal was 200 movies, 168 movies. It adds up to 300 and 12 hours of movie watching. Um, and I will add that to books. So let's jump into the books that I read this year. So in 2022, I read 12 books. These weren't books that came out in 2022. So this is a bit of a skewed, um, 2022 review. It's not it's not all things that came out in 2022, um, but it's it's what I read this year. I didn't read like new books. I just I just read what was already on my to read list. Um, so I read eight novels and four graphic novels. Um, so I'm just gonna read the list here of, of what I read. Uh, I read a two series of books uh one was by lj smith the dark vision series lj smith is the author of the vampire diaries as well the books that were adapted into the series uh the series is loosely based on the vampire diaries so if you've watched the series and you're a fan of the series and you like to read uh books and you're interested in the source material um i do recommend the books because they're they don't really follow um the story at all they introduce the characters but the characters were radically changed um some characters were completely removed other characters were designed for um just to have the tv show to have a rounded out cast and because the producers liked some of the people that had auditioned um mainly bonnie She's not really in uh, the books. Uh, they changed the characters of Elena. She's not blonde. She's not uh, as uh, self-absorbed um, as she is in the books. Uh, it takes her a bit of time to kind of come out of that shell. They decided to have more of a relatable character in the books uh, when they designed, uh, sorry, in the TV show. When they designed the character of Elena for the TV show, um, they wanted somebody a bit more uh, relatable and, you know, somebody that people could attach to and, and, and care for easily. So they, they changed those aspects of her. Also, in the book, she's not 100% uh, a lookalike for Catherine. Uh, she looks similar to Catherine, but there was there was differences. Uh, in the show, she's just like, she's 100% doppelganger. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so I read The Dark Visions which is uh you can see the the staples and like the main themes of uh the vampire diaries uh lj smith 
Um, she had the she she clearly has uh, an affinity for love triangles and superpowers and having the good brother or the good guy versus the bad guy. And uh, this one was uh, a group of psychics who have different psychic abilities, and they they are you know they come together under who they think uh, you know is this benevolent. Um, uh, benefactor and turns out that he actually has you know evil plans and plots to turn them into psychic assassins and then after the first uh, book they spend the next two books on the run and on the defense um, so I read both I read all three of those books that was the Dark Visions trilogy I read um, a what do you if it was like a uh, duopoly or something if it's just two books uh, just like a small series one and two uh that was the christopher moore um it's a dirty job and secondhand souls the death uh the death books those were those were really good i really enjoyed those uh christopher moore is an author that actually my girlfriend turned me on to so again second shout out for my girlfriend uh, she loves Christopher Moore books. She's read almost all of his books. I've read these two and the Vampire Trilogy from San Francisco. Uh, that I read last year, though. So these were the two that I read this year. I did read the first Vampire Diaries book. Uh, that is the other book that I read. And then the last novel that I read this year was The Neil Gaiman American Gods, the first book in that. I actually have the second book right behind me, um, Anansi Boys, but I haven't started that yet. Uh, so Neil Gaiman is an amazing author. Uh, American Gods was a gripping, uh, powerful novel that really drew me in. The character of Shadow was super well written, and uh, I really enjoyed that book. And actually, I skipped one here. Um, the very first book that I read this year, it's amazing how long a year is when you think about it and how much actually happens uh, in the span of 12 months, was um, the fifth Redwall book. I did a I did a podcast episode on the Redwall series and all the the greatness that is Redwall and I read the fifth one Mariel of Redwall. Uh, that one took place on like really cool ships and it was kind of like a pirate uh, adventure, which was really fun. Uh, Brian Jocks is an amazing author and Redwall is like. It's, it's Lord of the Rings, but instead of hobbits and and elves and everything, it's all woodland creatures. Uh, you can take a listen to... You can take a listen. I was going to say take a look, but I decided to say listen. You could uh, you could check out the uh, Redwall episode if you're interested, or uh, just take a look at Redwall. Uh, Netflix actually bought all the rights to the Redwall franchise, all 22 novels um, back in uh, 20... 2021 I want to say 2021 2020 um so like we should we should be hearing news about that uh any day now actually hopefully uh I'm gonna be I'm gonna be checking out that um periodically so uh let's look forward to some new Redwall content um so I'm I definitely have more of those books to read like I said it was the I, I read the fifth book and there's 22 books so I have like 17 more books to read uh and that was it for novels uh those were the eight novels that I read and then I read four or, uh, omnibus graphic novels. Uh, if you're familiar with the mask episode that I did, or the mask as a property in and of itself, uh, there's the Jim Carrey movie from 1994, 1994, 1998. 
I always forget. Um, but The Mask is actually a graphic novel. Uh, the movie from the Jim Carrey movie, uh, the Jim Carrey Cameron Diaz movie, was based on a graphic novel. It's an adaptation of a dark horse graphic novel, The Mask, that came out in the 80s. Um, and it had periodic runs uh, through until, I think, I think it was late 80s to early 90s. Uh, it was considered a miniseries. And then it was reborn again a few more times uh, through the early 2000s. And then most recently, um, in 2022, actually, there is some new Mask comics. But I, alas, I didn't get around to reading those ones. Uh, I read the Sweet Tooth graphic novel omnibus before the um netflix series the sweet tooth netflix series which i never actually finished the netflix series i found they made a lot of changes uh and overall some of them just weren't to my liking but if you're interested in the graphic novel it's a concluded story they're not publishing new issues so if you wanted to you could pick up the omnibus which is what i read and it's a collection of the beginning to the end so it's all the issues and in, in one published uh, book basically uh, you can get the hardcover. I got the digital version, but you could get a physical copy. And uh, it's nice to have on a shelf. It's a pretty big book. It's like over 900. Um, I think it's over 1,000 pages, actually, that one. And um, the changes for me that really that turned me off of the Netflix series um, was they changed one of the main characters. And now I, I, give, I give credit and I give... Um, I don't know what the word would be allowance I guess like I don't mind if a director or for whatever reason they decide to cast or change one of the main characters you want them to be a woman or you have some sort of creative um, purpose for changing a main character or changing the source material um, that's what directors are there for they they're there to put creativity and spin on whatever it is the property that they're they're producing or they're they're creating now um but in my opinion the changes that they made um like directly affect the story in ways that i didn't i didn't think made sense so they made an older character uh who is supposed to be you know experienced and grizzled and understands the world at large and is in a protector's role and and we're talking like pushing 60 um the main character like at least from the rendering from the drawing uh and from what i read uh in the graphic novel i inferred that this character would be and the character's name i can't remember for the life of me um around Around 60 still in very good shape uh, very sharp very fast very very muscular still um, and in, in the sense that they're a protector and they're gonna protect the, the main character who was younger um, and uh, if you're not familiar with Sweet Tooth, the idea is that these children were born with animal characteristics, and at the same time, there was a disease that started affecting only the humans who were already around, the ones who weren't animal, um, like have an these animal properties from birth. So they started to blame this new generation of hybrids for the reason of this disease. Um, and so they, these children, when they're young and when they're weak, they're, they're sought after they're trying to be eradicated but this far in um the humans are dying out there's not that many of them left so this child is being protected i believe the main character uh he's around 11 and in the graphic novel he's found by this older person this older gentleman again i cannot remember the name it's been a while since i read it um 
and they changed this character in the Netflix adaptation. It's probably the biggest change. Um, everything else is very accurate, but the biggest change to this was that they they cast a very young gentleman, a great actor, great performance, but he's so young that to me it takes away from the story. He doesn't have the experience or the knowledge um, that somebody at the age of 60 would have. He doesn't have the same demeanor the the presence that you would expect from somebody who's gone through you know war and and all of these things that have happened in this dystopian world that they live in and that changed to me just it didn't really i believe it was for this actor they liked this young gentleman they wanted him in the series so they decided to put him in the lead role um but in to me that really took away from what the story originally was and what they were doing in the graphic novel and what that original narrative was um, so to me that was just unfortunate and i didn't like that in that sweet tooth adaptation but the graphic novel um was really good so i do recommend that and the other two let's keep chugging along here i'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked on a sweet tooth tangent here um the other two graphic novels that i read to bring it to a total of 12 books um i count them like i said i count the graphic novels because these are omnibuses they're collections of like 10 to 20 individual issues so we're talking like 300 to 400 pages um like a lot it's a substantial amount of reading the last two was the idw ninja turtles um teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, graphic novels uh two of the volumes i think uh four and five i've been reading those for a while but that's what i've been reading uh lately and it's a, it's a lot of reading so i looked on the goodreads website that i mentioned earlier uh in the episode it's uh, the one from amazon so if you're a part of amazon you you already have a goodreads account you can sign in with your amazon account or you can sign in with your google account and, and this isn't a promo for goodreads this is just a platform that i use i like to track uh the different things that i do throughout the year um i'm somebody that has a journal and i like to log things uh you know i'm just i'm very uh someone who likes to write it down we go through so many things in a year uh this episode kind of highlights you know how many things we watch how many things we read um all the things we experience all the things that go on in one year and in my opinion if you don't take the time to sit down and 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 write down a few of those things uh here and there uh, you you forget things you forget that that happened this year and that you're you know you went through this or you saw that or this happened and uh you know i make a point of going back and, and i actually do reread my journals and i reread my my posts and my reviews uh typically around the end of the year around this time uh, so that was part of the reason why i decided to make this episode and uh, so i love the the statistics that you get from this so um so like i said when i did the movies i re i watched uh, 168 movies which was 310 hours of movie watching so on the goodreads it tells you the average amount of books you read uh it was a total of 4735 pages the average book was 349 pages and uh i use um an e-reader to to read my uh books and i have a digital comic books and i have a digital platform that i read my comic books on and they give me rough estimates they tell me how much time i spent on that individual book and it's anywhere from eight to ten hours uh per book so i did the math on that it's about 96 to 120 hours of reading and if you add that together, you have like 430 something hours uh, just between movies 
and books. Uh, that's how many hours I spent uh, consuming those two types of media. I don't have anything for music. I'll have to check on Amazon if it tallies like uh, the total playtime of your of your music. That would be interesting. I would I would love to see that. I would love to see how many how many hours of music we listen to. Um, that'd be pretty cool. I'll have to check that one out. Uh, so let's jump into TV. So I don't have uh, a list of favorite TV because I watch um, kind of all over the place. I watch a lot of old stuff, um, episodes here and there. Um, my girlfriend and I were watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, the original series, not the Netflix series. The original series, much more sitcom style, uh, a lot more lighter in tone. Very funny. Uh, my aunt, shout out to the aunt, uh, she grew up watching that one. She always loved it. I, it was always playing in the background. I have some of her VHS tapes that have the TGIF. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's thank goodness or thank God it's Friday, uh, depending on which version you've heard. Uh, and this was a show segment on uh, I can't remember which which channel CBS WB whichever one it was and uh, one of the shows that played was uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and she would record the episode so I still have a few of those and I remember watching them uh, when I was younger and now oh you know it's it's Paramount Plus it's CBS because that's <laughs> I answered my own question because that's where that's where we're watching it now we're watching it on Paramount Plus so um, so it was a CBS uh, TV segment called TGIF uh, which would clearly it would play on Fridays and and uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was part of that uh, segment for a while. So I have those tapes with all those old commercials, and uh, it's a blast from the past. I love watching those. So, it, yeah, and, like, I know, I, you know, we're watching... Um, I definitely wa okay there we go I definitely watched Stranger Things season four this year um, that was amazing I did I looked that up that's 13 hours long that was 13 hours of content just in Stranger Things uh, I watched the newest season of Paradise PD on Netflix which is a super amazing super funny super inappropriate inappropriate uh, animated series and I love animated series that just play into and and really lean into the 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 crazy violence and I mean it's cartoon people being like cut in half and and they're still talking to you after they've been cut in half as if it's like it's perfectly fine and and it's it's like family guy but like without the FCC which if you're familiar with family guy you've probably seen the FCC episode um, so just think like what they would be able to do uh, if they were on Netflix or a streaming service and that would be uh, Paradise PD and it's, it's absolutely hilarious so that was definitely one that came out uh, the newest season just came out uh, this month actually like December 16th um, so I watched that really recently burned through the entire season uh, unfortunately it was the last season of Paradise PD um, but the creators of Paradise PD they're also the creators of Brickleberry um, and they have a new series on Netflix I just I just hit my my uh, stand. Uh, they have a new series on uh, Netflix already called Farzar, and it's animated. It's crazy. It's wonky. It's a bit more sci-fi uh, than Paradise PD, and uh, hopefully they'll get the opportunity to finish up their story from Paradise PD because that was the inclination or the indica indication, I should say, that they gave um, at the end of season four. So that came out uh, literally right at the end of of uh, 2022, and uh, oh, that was that was one of the movies I left off my 2022 appreciation 
appreciation list uh, if we take a little backtrack here. Avatar. I saw Avatar literally this week. Uh, there's always some good movies that come out right at the end of the year. Uh, I still haven't seen uh, Black Panther, but I always want to give a shout out to my MCU movies. Uh, if we take a little backtrack here, because there's always some extra movies that you forget about. Uh, but Avatar 2 definitely um, is going to be one of the greatest movies that came out in 2022. Uh, it just you know uh, VFX visually and from that point uh, it's absolutely breathtaking uh, they they've gone above and beyond just in the same way that the first movie did they really push the needle on what is achievable through VFX and you're you're hard pressed there's no seams in this movie there's nothing that gives you an uncanny valley uh, feeling the story was in my opinion really strong I really enjoyed it and I wasn't um, that taken with uh, the original Avatar back in 2009. I thought it was an okay movie. Um, it wasn't anything that blew me away. So I had low expectations going into Avatar 2. And I was, I am now blown away uh, by Avatar 2. I thought it was a really good movie. And, and I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the first one. So that was one of the movies that I forgot about. Uh, that did come out in 2022 that I really did enjoy. But let's get it back to TV and uh, move this thing along here on uh, my favorite uh, media things that I've been enjoying in 2022. So I've watched a lot of CSI. Uh, we've been doing a CSI binge. I think we've watched four entire seasons of CSI. Uh, I've been catching up on Blue Bloods, uh, The Flash. Uh, I've been catching up on season eight of The Flash. The season nine will be coming out, uh, I believe, in February. It's going to be the last season of The Flash. I can't believe The Flash has been going on. I'm saying that the name of that show way too much. Uh, I can't believe it's been on for it has eight full seasons and it's going into season nine. Almost a decade of The Flash and Grant Gustin as, Grant Gustin, as, as Barry Allen and probably one of the best portrayals of Barry Allen. And they've done such a good job of the Arrowverse on the CW. Um, the Justice League that they put together on, you know, if you call it the small screen or, uh, you know, it's the golden age of television in that sense. And they did such a better job. I think the, the Justice League that they did on the CW is better than Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll throw down my gauntlet and make that assertion uh, any time of day. Uh, so I've been I, just a lot of... Of a lot of shows I watch um, old stuff you know like a bunch of episode of friends and stuff um, but that was pretty much it from the 2022 stuff just uh, stranger things and, and some paradise PD uh, some stuff I watch like I watched it this year but it came out last year uh, yellow jackets um, some stuff that was on Amazon Prime uh, but I did do some calculations for myself there is an application that I use if you're interested in tracking your TV or looking for new TV shows it's called TV time they have an app they have a website and they do offer uh, the statistics that the other websites that I mentioned letterbox and Goodreads offer but I just I'm not up on that one doing tracking all the time uh, it gets a bit tedious trying to track each episode I'll do it for an Amazon's uh, an Amazon series or a Netflix series because you know, maybe there's only 10 episodes and if you watch it uh, fairly fast it's easy but if you're watching like you know CSI uh, or Blue Bloods like the shows that I'm watching and they have 22 episodes and you're playing catch up so sometimes I burn through 
through you know four or five episodes in a week or or a night if I'm really bored and uh, so it's, it's a bit it's a bit more tedious to track um, so sometimes I'll just like finish an entire season or two seasons and then I'll just go on and I'll, and I'll mark that I watch both of those seasons but it, it skews my my statistics right and it shows you like a like a whole chunk of, of, of data um, but I did do my own calculations uh, so like if a season has 22 episodes and the episodes are 40 minutes and you watch five of those ep- five of those seasons uh, you know how many hours is it and I looked up how long Stranger Things season four was uh, it's like 13 hours just for season four of Stranger Things and so if you did the four seasons of CSI four seasons of Blue Bloods uh, you know, a handful of episodes of The Flash. It adds up very quickly. It's uh, 157 hours. So if you um, if you add all of those up, all three of those uh, categories now, movies, uh, 310 hours, and you add up books uh, between 96 and 120 hours, because it was, like I said, 8 to 10 hours per book, and you do 157, uh, we'll say 157 plus in parentheses, and you add that up, it's 500 65 hours to 589 hours 23 to 24 days of media consumption in 2022 that was my total final tally of how much time i spent watching movies reading books and watching tv shows and it's not that bad considering it's one of my one of the things i enjoy doing you know i've i've i really enjoy this podcast and re-watching the same movie having to you know sit there and take notes and watch the behind the scenes i think i've found uh, a creative outlet that allows me to use my passion for movies and for all of these these different forms of media and i can produce something that's uh, enjoyable, I hope for for people to listen to, and uh, gives me a sense of of pride knowing that I created something and I put something out there uh, from all these hours of media and stuff. Uh, I also I will mention that I did uh, gather the statistics from my smartwatch i have a galaxy smartwatch and i did do 125 hours of activity walking cycling working out this year Uh, i did i did do five times more uh (laughs) in in terms of just sitting around doing nothing Uh, but i will say that in 2023 i do have a goal of doubling uh, by minimum uh, of doubling my activity hours. So a minimum of 250 hours for 2023. Because uh, like I said at the top of the episode, I'm about goals and I think goals are important in life. It's important to uh, uh, you know strive for something, aim for something, uh, be motivated towards something, accomplishing something. And then at the end of you know however long the period is, whatever you define, it could be longer than a year. Um, maybe your goals are a bit longer they're a bit more lofty you have more to attain for your goal um but it's it's something to take stock in look back in it's part of the reason why i journal um it's you know it it plays into why i love doing the podcast having these episodes to look back on and looking at what i've accomplished and the effort and the work that i put into each and every episode um so I just love goals. Uh, you know, I'm a goal-oriented person in that in that aspect. Personal goals, workplace goals, um, you know, hobby goals, stuff. Just all like all of the above, and they can be um, they so such a variety of goals. Like they could be self-improvement goals, uh, putting yourself out there goals, uh, just all, all sorts of things. And for me, a lot of them are you know reading and 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 viewing different types of media, and um, so. 
yeah, like I'll give you an example. My reading challenge for 2023, um, it's going to be 15 books again, uh, but I'm going to have like a sub goal and I want at least half of those books. So se- it's, a, it's an odd number, but at least half. So seven books. Um, I want them to be nonfiction. So I want to read more nonfiction about history, economics, government. I want to be a bit more active in those roles. Um, another goal of mine is I want to learn more about my country, the government, the way the economy works, politics. Uh, you know, I'm almost 30. And so one of my goals for this year is to learn more about those topics. And then I'm going to, you know, I can use my other goal of reading and I can kind of combine those. I want to learn more and I want to read more. So I'll combine and I'll learn while I read. Uh, it's a good avenue and maybe i'll watch some movies that are uh you know historic events in politics government or history of canada i'm from canada that's not uh, if that wasn't aware if you weren't aware of that and that plays right into my movie goal for 2023 uh it's still 200 movies i want to watch 200 movies in a year uh, i don't think i'll be able to push it past 200 movies uh probably like even in 2024 uh you get to a point where you would have to be watching literally a movie a day uh if you get up into like the 300s there's only so much time in a year so I'll probably stick around 200 but uh like i said for the reading goal i'm gonna have have like a sub goal so the sub goal for my movie goal this year is to watch more classic movies critically acclaimed movies um, movies from different eras of filmmaking uh, just gonna look up a lot of lists you know some maybe go by director uh, go by you know popular opinion take in some other people's views on the classics and you know what people have thought are different classic movies through the ages kind of thing uh, there's always you know you're, you're having discussions about films and there'll be a movie that uh, you know I, I say I haven't seen and often the response is you haven't seen that why are you watching Little Nicky and the day after tomorrow for the 10th time but you still haven't seen this pinnacle of film and and in the back of my mind I know you know it's it's a deep rooted shame of being a film buff that hasn't seen um, all the classics you know and it, there's just there's so much coming out and so much new content and things you want to go see in theaters and then you know if you're reading and you're reading comic books and playing video games and doing all the the fun things that nerds do playing D, working on a podcast there are only you know 500 hours to devote if that's how many hours i'm devoting uh well that's by the book that's how many hours i have calculated and crunched um so that's my goal for 2023 is to definitely diversify and that's where a lot of my goals stem from is about broadening my horizons and my knowledge pool and you know a lot of movies are inspired by each other so the more the farther you go back and the more you watch the more you understand uh you know i love watching an old movie and and catching a reference or a joke or something that happened in this this movie this older movie and then it kind of clicks in place with all these other movies that came after it and i'm like oh you know i get that reference now i understand where that came from and that quote and this quip and uh things like that it's always fun it's kind of like when you watch um, as a good example, uh, if you watch one of the Scream, uh, not Scream, uh, Scary Movies, or any of these compilation comedy movies, or spoof movies, uh, you know, if you go and r- look up, like, what movies did, uh, you know, Scary Movie 1 spoof, and then I did this, I mentioned this in one of my former podcasts, I went and I watched all of the movies that were spoofed in Scary Movie, and that's really fun, because now you understand, you know, you can then you go back and you watch Scary Movie, and there's this entire other element of the 
movie that you now you really understand. And the more movies you watch, the you you, you kind of pick up on that, and that's something that I really enjoy. And uh, yeah, that's where a lot of my goals stem from is just uh, broadening my horizons on the media and the things that I love. And that's again, it goes it comes full circle. It goes back into the podcast, and it's all part of the research and the knowledge that I love to have when I sit down to do this podcast and looking at the behind the scenes and the budgets and the VFX and the the technologies that are being used. It's also interesting and there's so much information there um, that I personally just I love learning about and I can uh, I'll can learn about that all day and and it goes into this podcast and it comes out uh, in my personality. Uh, If you ever have uh, an in-person conversation with me or if you know me, uh, well first thanks for listening to the podcast and putting up with all my nerd uh, conversations but yeah I'm I'm definitely somebody that loves to have a conversation and I hope that translates into this podcast Uh, but that's just a bit about my goals and about what I've enjoyed in 2022 and what I look forward to in 2023 and my aspirations and goals uh, in relation to you know media and uh, consuming all of this amazing entertainment that is created Um, you know well just for us you know I mean it's created for profit obviously that you know plays into it but at the end of the day it's also created for the people who enjoy it and are willing to spend their money on it and there's this you know fan service that's becoming very popular that uh, I've mentioned it in uh, previous episodes that you know Disney does so well you know listening going online and listening to comments and reading comments and feedback and critique from the fans and then going and putting it in the movies and giving little nods and acknowledgments to fans like myself is something that is greatly appreciated and it goes you know the extra mile in whether or not I decide to spend my money on this property this movie this superhero this blockbuster or whatever it has you know comic book uh, tv show video game whatever it may be um, that you know it's appreciated in the long run and uh, it's a great time to be a nerd and it's a great time to be enjoying all of the entertainment that is being created because a lot of it is cutting edge uh, like avatar or the new video games that are coming out in 2023 definitely look definitely looking forward to a bunch of the new video games the new hogwarts legacies game uh, there's the new starfield game from bethesda uh, i'm playing the new high on life game from the creators of rick and morty uh, where your gun is it's a first-person shooter where your gun is alive. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at the nerd underscore review, maybe you've seen the videos I've been sharing, the posts I've made about High on Life. Uh, you can drop me a line there. You can send me a comment. You can request a movie. You can request a theme for an episode. I am totally open for that. Uh, I would love to hear from any of the, the viewers and the listeners to the show. Um, so, yeah, there's so much to look forward to in 2023. Uh, there's so many movies coming out. The Mario Brothers movie. Uh there's, I mean, I, I, I could go on about all of the, the things to look forward to for an entire extra episode. Uh, but let's move on. Let's continue the, the flow of this episode. So it is, uh, in fact, actually New Year's Eve now. Uh, it takes a long time to put one of these episodes together. So we have actually transitioned days um, at the beginning of the episode. It was not New Year's Eve, but it is now, in fact, New Year's Eve. Uh, so uh, in keeping with the tradition of New Year's Eve and holiday episodes, and being that this is a season 
finale. Um, I was looking at movies that take place on New Year's Eve. Um, not actually that many. There's a few that are like like specifically like called New Year's Eve. Um, there was one from I believe around the 2010s that had this huge list of Hollywood uh, actors, A-listers, and it was just a huge bomb. And so I looked for some other movies that maybe take place on New Year's Eve but aren't uh, entirely about New Year's Eve. And it's a short list of movies. Probably the most popular one is Ghostbusters 2 and then Poseidon Adventures and the remake of Poseidon from the early 2000s. After that, it was Snowpiercer from 2015 with Chris Evans. The whole revolution on the train in that movie takes place uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, if you've seen maybe the Netflix series, you're probably familiar with that story. And then the movie that we're going to talk about for the end of this episode, the movie that I just watched, uh, which again, is kind of New Year's Eve adjacent, uh, is Money Train from 1995 starring Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson and Jennifer Lopez in her fourth movie. So and, and so when I read about it it was kind of described as a heist movie. But uh, I went in, so I'm one in thinking it's a heist movie that's like around New Year's Eve, and it's definitely more of an action comedy. Uh, it's kind of like a buddy cop comedy with a rom com twist that also has a heist at the end, and I mean the end because the heist is like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, and so it it was an okay movie. I gave it three out of five stars on Letterbox, the website that I was talking about earlier, the website where I review and and catalog all of my movies. Uh, the cast carries um the movie definitely the the writing is it's 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 decent the jokes are funny but definitely woody harrelson uh he brings life to his character and he their performances the performances of jennifer lopez and wesley snipes they uh carry the movie for sure if, if they had have gotten lesser known actors and actresses um it would have been more of a b movie that uh nobody really remembers but the cast uh did did an amazing job and they sold that movie. So unfortunately, it was undersold in that respect. It had a $68 million budget, uh, presumably for all the train sequences and explosions at the end of the film. Uh, pretty pricey for a movie that just bombed. Uh, and it only brought in $72 million at the box offices. And if you add in, like we've mentioned, the, uh, the budgets for advertising typically aren't included in the budgets that are made at, like public and stuff. So if you if you add that in, they probably spent closer to like $75 million on the movie and to only bring in $77 million, it's classified as a bomb. And uh, But there's some <laughs> there were some interesting behind the scenes and uh, interviews with some of the actors and stuff. Um, there's an interview with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, this was her first big love scene. Uh, she has a love scene in the movie with Wesley Snipes' character and uh, that was part of, there's a love triangle going on. Uh, it's a little bit of a rom-com, as I said between Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Jennifer Lopez's character. She's the new cop on their transit squad, and everybody is kind of taken with her. And she falls for Wesley Snipes' character, and they uh, they get together through half about halfway through the movie. And there's a very hot and steamy uh, you know love scene between the two, very well uh, very well captured. And in this interview with Jennifer Lopez, she explained um, you know this was her first 
love scene like this. She's done, uh, in her words, she'd done heavy petting. Uh, she'd done heavy makeout scenes and stuff like this, but never a, you know, all clothes off, um, you know, full contact between the actors. And so she looked to one of her mentors uh, to like for some advice and they said you need to get the sex pillow and they had to she had to have this explained to her and then when she asked the uh, production of Money Train for this this sex pillow she then had to re-explain it to them because they had no idea what she was talking about and so I mean I had no idea what she was talking about so a sex pillow is something that they craft to your body sizes that you put uh, in between your crotches basically to keep contact away so you have minimal contact and according to Jennifer Lopez in this interview everybody gets the sex pillow she uses it for all of her scenes so there's no contact between you know below the waist kind of thing and they made uh varying sizes to get the right fit and uh she was laughing she would ask for like i need number three and they would throw her the the largest uh model so that to put in between uh her and and wesley snipes and i was just laughing like making a movie when you do stuff like that it must be you know you gotta take off all your clothes or the majority of your clothes and and simulate sex with your colleague like i go to work every day and i that just it's such a like how do you and, and to perform to perform to perform acting to act in that way and give a, a believable performance i don't know how you would do it with a straight face and not just be laughing and and there's all these people around you and and it's a set like it's just that's it's a pinnacle it's it's something that really shows professionalism to be able to do this intimate scene with a colleague and and the sex pillow and all of these these anecdotes behind the scenes are just so interesting and hilarious this goes into what i was saying before that it's part of the reason why i love doing the research and watching these interviews uh it's so funny and it's so interesting to know all of these things that the production the the crew and and the prop de, the costume department i guess uh has to create this sex pillow you know this foam pillow that you know it also has to be comfortable and it has to be shaped to both people People. There has to be a, a male, female, male, male side, like depending on, you know, the, the performers in the scene, it has to kind of be sculpted to each side of their body so that it fits or it's just like memory foam. Like, I don't even know. I'm just going down the rabbit hole on what this sex pillow thing is at this point. So to get out of that rabbit hole, let's move on to critical response. Uh, it got 22% from critics. It got 29% from the audiences. I gave it a three out of five stars. Uh, it was it was a good movie. I was a little bit misled. The website that uh, I found it on was a New Year's Eve list of movies, and it is about it's kind of New Year's Eve adjacent. Uh, it the last 20 minutes of the movie have kind of to do it like it, it is new year's eve for the last 20 minutes of the movie but it has really no impact on the movie uh it could have been any other time during the holidays and um interestingly enough the money train is a real thing it was retired in 2005 uh it doesn't look like the one in the movie they modified uh, a different kind of train car and added like security bars and and made it look like it was all like stainless steel um the money train the purpose it was to take all of the coins and paper money that was used to buy train fare uh, it got replaced by electronic fare and 
transit cards. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. The, the one that was used in the movie was actually donated to the Transit Museum in New York. I'm not sure if it's still on display, but that was interesting. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It's not as action and as good as Lethal Weapon. It's not as funny as a rush hour. I kind of put it right in between three out of five stars is where it fell on my list. Um, like I said, maybe miscategorized on that website that I watched it on. But other than that, it was a decent movie where the cast carries maybe a bit of a lesser plot, a lesser written movie. But other than that, it was enjoyable. So that's a movie that I'll put in the bag as one of the final movies of 2022. The final movie of 2022 for me is actually funnily enough will be the new black panther movie i have a ticket to see it tonight on new year's eve at 10 25 p.m the movie is two hours and 40 minutes so i will actually bring in the new year while watching my last movie of 2022 and i mean technically the first movie of 2023 because i'll be watching it for like an hour um so and and when i and when i review it yeah when i review it i, I guess i'll have to select the 31st is when I sat down to watch it, but it will definitely end on the 1st of January. So that's kind of funny. Uh, it'll be the last and the first movie that I watch and I will bring in the new year doing what I love, watching movies with my family and my girlfriend. And we're gonna be going for a nice dinner before that. So there is a very real possibility that we fall asleep while watching that movie. And right now we're the only people who have pre-bought our tickets for the 10.30 showing of a movie on New Year's Eve. So I, I do give a big shout out and appreciation to all the people who are working at this movie theater because they are working on New Year's Eve through New Year's Eve into the new year um, so that I can go watch a movie with my family and I appreciate their hard work and I appreciate everybody who's listened to season one this has been the season finale of season one of the Nerd Review I really appreciate everybody who's supported me and supported this podcast and all my listeners and all the critical response and reviews that I've gotten I have uh, dedicated to improving and and really listen to what people said and I put in uh, a lot of effort into every episode and I hope that shows I hope you've enjoyed every episode I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I really hope you come back for season two I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break I'll probably be coming back towards the end of January uh, I'm going to put together an outline and plot some episodes and I have goals just like I have goals for everything else I have goals for the nerd review and that is to keep coming and creating uh, content that people can enjoy that I can be proud of so uh without getting too gushy and uh without getting too nostalgic about the year that has passed uh, i hope everybody has a great new year's happy new year from the nerd at the nerd review and i hope you've enjoyed season one and i hope everybody comes back for season two so this has been the season finale of season one this is episode 18 of the nerd review this is the nerd signing off december 31st 2022 Happy New Year, everyone.